You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Chiefs Kingdom, welcome in to the latest edition of the AP Draft Room Podcast on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Appreciate you joining as always. Uh, you know me, the lead analyst at the site, Ron Cop Jr. I'm always joining you for this Friday show. Comes into your feeds Friday morning, but today we got a little bit special of, a, of an episode. I say a little bit special to bury the lead. Um, a very special episode. Got Ben Solak from The Ringer on with me. I, I, I talked him into coming on the show and, and, and giving some draft takes out. If you're not familiar, definitely go check him out um, at The Ringer, the website, obviously, but but definitely the, the podcast as well, the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Him, Danny Kelly, uh, Danny Heifetz, uh, and, and Craig Horlbeck, got all those names right, sweet, uh, are, are all uh, doing their, their thing on the podcast, and, and it's one of my favorite pods. But Ben, appreciate you joining. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm well, man. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's draft season, man. It's a good time to be alive. It is a great time to be alive, um, you know, I, and I hope we're not rubbing the salt in too much. You know, we, it, it is it is still pretty fresh. You know, you're a go birds guy. You're a Philly guy. You know, you're, you're a big yeah. Eagles fan. Um, I hope it's not too, too soon. Is it too soon? Are, are you kind of did you kind of have to, you know, uh, you know, were you cringing as you pressed uh, enter the studio today? I don't, I don't think it's too soon. It was a much better season than expected. Right. And so. I don't think like when I see the Eagles picking 30, I'm not like, dang, you know, I'm kind of like, Hey, I don't know. That was going to come down the mountain. It definitely also is different because there's no pick 32 this year, not in the first round. Right. Right. And so so it doesn't feel like right. Exactly. It feels like when you're picking pick 32, it's like, you know, it feels a little different. Chiefs only picking 31 this year. It's fake. It's not even real. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you guys have the number 10 overall pick too. So it's just like, that too. it's like, yeah, and, and we'll, we'll get into that. But no, hey, I, I just wanted to make sure, you know, there's no, no there's not too bad of blood between us, uh, you know, because it was, it, you know, that was a really fun Super Bowl. Uh, you know, obviously it was, it was a good time, but, uh, you know, one team had to come out on top. Y'all had, y'all got the ring a, a few years ago. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was, like you said, it was kind of gravy more than uh, anything. Uh, cherry on cherry on top, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wanted to have you on, Ben, because um, obviously you do great work uh, talking about the NFL draft. Um, I already mentioned the pod and, and the website. Um, but, you know, I think just in general, too, I think you and, you know, Chiefs fans, Eagles fans, I think we are kind of in a similar, um, you know, I mentioned you guys have the number 10 overall pick, but we kind of are in a similar uh, range where we're kind of, you know, we're both sitting at the end of the first round. Um, you know, you're, you're maybe a Chiefs fan, especially since since that is our only pick in the first round. We're really, you know, focusing on that that 30 to 60 range, you know, kind of that 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 late day one, early day two range of prospects. And I shouldn't say early day two, just just day two in general. Um, so just just to get your perspective from the from like if you're, you know, as an Eagles fan, let's just ignore the fact that you have the 10th overall pick. How would you feel or how do you feel about kind of this 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 draft class from 30 to 60? You know, we I think you you know, everyone talks about the top of the class so much, but 
and you know, and, and not maybe in a good way, right? I think there's a lot of people that say maybe it's not the greatest class. How do you feel about the class from again, 30 to 60, that kind of range, kind of the hot zone for for these contending teams like the Chiefs, Eagles, and others? Yeah, I think it's I think it's solid. I think it's good. It's a really weird class this year overall. Consensus is tough to find starting at like one. And the further away right. you get from one, the more messy it always becomes. So it's tough to say that like okay, you know, there's a clear drop-off between, like, 20 and 30 where, like, it's a tier below. I'm not sure that's the case uh, because I think just teams' boards are going to look so different. In general, though, that's a good draft to have later picks and have trade-back picks. And I'll be really interested to see if the Eagles and the Chiefs stay and make the selections at 30 and 31 that they make or if they trade back. Those will be the last two picks that have fifth-year options attached to them. And so if you're a team drafting the early second round and you want to a wide receiver with a fifth year on him, a pass rusher with a fifth year on him, right? And that ability to have another cost-controlled year, which will be cheaper than market if he hits. For teams like the Eagles and the Chiefs, who just don't like need a lot, just really good rosters, don't have to be making you know early picks and getting starters out of this draft, it's a good trade-back spot for both teams uh, and see if you can entice to come up. And you, you see a lot of trades happen kind of in those last few picks. And in this draft, like going from 30 to 40, I don't think it's a huge drop off in talent. I don't think this is a really, really great class. I don't think it's got a lot of top tier talent. So once you're outside of like those first 10, 15 picks, I think you're largely dealing with like, you know, specific scheme fits and developmental guys and right. dudes who could reel it. Like there's a lot of guys who could go 25 and they could go 60. And I wouldn't be surprised either direction. It's just a messy class. Uh, so to me, great trade back spot for both teams. And it's not like it's bad value. It's just, it's a weird year for everybody. And so you got to figure out how to play the game. Yeah, no. And, and that's the thing is, is, is it's kind of like that every year, right? To an extent, you know, you can, you can kind of say that there's this, this hot zone um, between 30 and 60, but um, you guys are sitting at number 10 and, and we don't get that perspective, obviously as, as Chiefs fans, you know, we're, we're not even thinking about the top of the class. Just, just, I just, I guess just to ask you, like, are you excited about that kind of that number 10 pick in terms of, you know, who could be there? Is it one of those where you're like, eh, maybe I'd rather, you know, trade down, accumulate more picks later in the draft. You know, if you, you know, just if you were in Howard Roseman's shoes, I mean, how do you like that number 10 pick in terms of attacking it with like a trying to mm -hmm. get one of those blue chip guys or maybe uh, trying to get more draft capital? If I'm ever not excited about a top 10 pick, get me out of this field, man. That's <laughs> top 10 pick. What are we talking about? True. I mean, like, this True. is, yeah, exactly. This is good. This is good business. Um, you could see, I think, uh, top flight corners being that that spot, potential start as a corner. Yeah. You can see a potential starter at edge being at that spot. You can see a potential replacement for Lane Johnson, a tackle at that spot. It's top 10 pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm, I'm pumped about it. I'd say there's a good chance to trade back out of it. You know, it's, it's Howie Roseman. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a guy who's, who's willing to just accumulate capital. And if they're not picking it, 16 instead of 10, I'm still going to be excited. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they got two first round picks a year after they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Again, if I'm not excited about that, you got to you got to take my batteries out and plug them back in because I'm not working right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would think that's fair. And, and real quick before I move on is, 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 is let's say Bijan's there. Are we are we one of those? Hey, let's just grab a running back because we're so good already. Or are we are we are we, uh, you know, being more logical about it? I don't know. What do you what are you thinking? I mean, I'd be stunned if they take Bijan. It's just not it's not in Roseman's blood. It's not what he did. Yeah. And it's not how he built the team and and for him like he built the team right he's been the gm with like a little bit of an interim period there since 2010 like and, and they've made two super bowls since he's taken the team back over from chip kelly like this he's very positive the way he does it works and right well the way he does it is not prioritizing the running back position i'd be flabbergasted if they took Bijan that early yeah it, it, it just kind of seems like the the 
And, and I think you're right. I think, I think anyone that looks at the draft history of the Eagles knows that that's not going to be the case, but it does seem to be the one where everyone just sees, Oh, Eagles just won a super bowl. They have a really good roster. Oh, they could just add running back and not worry about any of the other needs. Like it is, it is just good to kind of have the, the, uh, you know, the logic to, to say, okay, you know, just because a team's really, really good doesn't mean they need to ignore everything else and, and, and grab a running back, even though Bijan is going to be very good in the league. Um, I think you would probably agree with that. But when we're talking about, you know, I, uh, we're talking about that 30 to 60 range again, kind of that late day one, round two. Are there any positions that kind of stand out to you as like kind of the best ones to be in that range? You know, because you've mentioned cornerback, right? How that is a pretty top heavy position in this class. You know, there's a lot of, of good guys in that round one range um, that, that could definitely push other positions down the board. Um, but then you hear like, you know, uh, you hear about like the, the tight end class, like, you know, there's a lot of good ones, but are they going to go in the, the first round? Is there any specific mm-hmm. position that when you're, you're kind of sitting where the Chiefs are and the Eagles are again, kind of late in the first round that you really are like, OK, it, it, this is like the sweet spot for all the guys uh, to be kind of the best of the group to the best of the class, I should say, kind of that's where they are. Yeah, I like edge there, which I think is good for the Eagles and yeah. good for the Chiefs. Uh, I think that, that you're looking at Will McDonald at Iowa State range, Keon White out of Georgia Tech. Um, Lucas Van Ness might still be there. I can't really get a beat on where he's actually going to go. He's an interesting one. Uh, Felix and UDK Uzama, who's uh, the edge out of Kansas State. That's about his range, given the way people are talking about him. A lot of guys. Uh, so I think that that 30 range is a good spot for edges. Uh, and, and that makes sense for both the Eagles, and, but certainly the Chiefs. Uh, good spot for tight ends. Uh, talk about yeah. them a little bit later, I think. But a good spot for tight ends. As a good corner class through and through. Every spot's a good spot for corner. So I don't mind it at 30. Uh, you know, Keely Ring out of Georgia. Cam Smith out of South Carolina. Our guys, I think, are going to go late day one, early day two. Um, it's right about when the interior offensive line class I thinks gets gonna get moving. Osiris Torrance yeah. out of Florida, John Michael Schmitz out of, out of Minnesota, who's a center, Torrance is a guard, and then Joe Titman out of Wisconsin, who's just played center but big enough to be a guard. I don't really know where he's gonna end up. Uh, but I think that uh, that's about where the interior offensive line class gets kicking too. So, those are the positions that, that I like around that range. Yeah, I'm totally with you on edge rusher. It definitely feels like that's that's kind of what it is. You know, there's there's Nolan Smith at the top, I think, you know, and, and then obviously there's there's you know, I, I'm not a huge Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy guy, but you know, those are guys that are gonna be towards the top. Um, I do know though, I do know a guy that everyone's excited about. You mentioned him, Felix Enudike Uzama. Around here, you know, we we we're excited about him because he's sure. a local kid. He went to he went to a Kansas City high school, went to Kansas State, obviously locally. I know you're you're maybe, you know, a little uh I, I don't want to label this, uh, you know, on you. So I apologize, but lower on him maybe than consensus. It seems like, um, from what I've heard, heard of you, but I hate, I hate to put that on you. If, I, if I'm, if, if that's not the case, I just, I don't know, maybe dig deeper or, uh, uh dig a little further into what you think about Felix and DK is on. I know, you know, we all kind of, yeah. you know, maybe as Chiefs fans, we kind of, you know, know what player is, but maybe we kind of push him up the pedestal a little bit because he's that local kid, because it'd be a cool story. And he's just been a guy that was ever on everyone's radar last summer too. I think, is another thing, but I don't know what, what do you see in Felix Unideke Uzama and, and maybe just compare him to, to other guys in the class? Yeah. So I just think profile wise, and Udike Uzama is the sort of guy who usually doesn't go as early as we're talking about him. Like I said, it's not a great class mm. and he's got pass rush potential. He's got a hot motor. He's got uh, moments of explosiveness, moments of power. He was not served well by the the defense that they're playing where he's a 255 yeah. pound guy playing inside the tackle right playing that four eye spot right about where like it usually you see a defensive tackle play there in the nfl uh and so that muddies his film quite a bit you're doing a lot of projecting right. 
when you're saying, oh, we put them on the outside, it's going to look like X, Y, and Z. Because you have a much a, a much more limited amount of reps to see that on film as opposed to like a key on white uh, out of Georgia Tech or Lucas Van Ness. Some of these guys, you got to spend more time on the outside. Uh, so that makes it harder for me to figure him out. And usually when a guy's like tough to figure out and he's like a fine athlete, obviously we didn't get a lot of testing from in a DK, but uh, uh, when a guy's like a fine athlete and the film's kind of tricky to figure out, usually you're swinging on that like 30 picks later than we're talking about right now, right? That's where you start ta- start having the conversation. But it's not a great class. And because it's not a great class, uh, guys with potential at premium positions are going to get knocked up right. the board, right? It's happening in the top, right? Where you see... Like, you know, uh, Lucas Van Ness get talked about like a top 10, top 15 pick. It's happening in, in the right. second tier, in the middle class. It's going to happen in the later tiers as well. The guys are just going to, sw- teams are going to swing on guys because there's not much else to do in this group. Uh, and so I think that like the, the nature of the class kind of bumps him up earlier than, than I think he usually gets picked at. And that makes me lower on him like relative to consensus, but there's still like likable stuff there. It's just usually you're not paying like hypothetically 31 overall to go get that guy. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and that's the thing is I, I do agree. He's a he's a potential prospect, you know, a guy with a lot of potential. He feels like a body type that you can kind of see can kind of, you know, put more muscle mass on kind of just, you know, be a, you know, be a kind of a stronger body and, and more of a, you know, just kind of build onto the frame he has already. So I agree with you there. But so just in general, though, you, you do kind of categorize this edge rushing class as a as a as a weaker one, because you know, I think in my head, and maybe it's just because we're so focused on this 30 to 60 range, you know, I, and I really like these guys in this range. Um, I don't think of it as, as, as a bad class or a, or a weaker class. So would you consider it, you know, overall like a, a, a weak class at edge rusher, just, just top to bottom? Or is it just maybe just the depth of it that's that you're not as super excited about? Yeah. So I think it's weak at the top, right? I get right. I take, uh, I'll take Will Anderson early. I like that young man. I'll take right, Nolan yeah, Smith right, fairly, right. fairly early. He's sub 240, but you got a red I flag. I'll take Tyree Wilson decently early, but he's got multiple foot injuries, so you got a red flag. After that, it's a lot of guys who, if I close one eye and I squint, I can see it, right? Yeah. Uh, this is not the sort of class for, where, where I think we're going to get multiple dudes drafted in the first round who are like perennial 10-sack players. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with multiple dudes who are 10-sack players, and one of them went like 78. Because we're right. just like kind of all swinging in the dark on, on a lot of these guys. Um, so there's a ton of names, right? Like I love Tuli Tui Pelotu out of USC. I like Derek Hall out of Auburn. Those are my guys. And then you talk to somebody else, and they're like, I like Will McDonald out of Iowa State, and Adi Tommy out of Boware out of Northwestern. Yeah. You talk to somebody else, and we just got dudes on dudes on dudes at the position, and such a variety of athletes because there's so many different defenses now in college football. So like you know, it's how you get sub 240 pounders like Nolan Smith playing on the edge. So we just have like a glut of options. I don't want to mistake right. a thick class for a class that's really got like a lot of top tier talent. And to me, that's the case with edge, a lot of names, but I, there's not a, a, a guys where I'm like, Oh yeah, plug and chug. And he's going to be a starter. And, and next season, and he's going to be an eight sack guy. There's a, a lot of guys like you're, you're going to throw some darts and a couple of people are going to connect and everybody else is going to miss. That's really funny that you, that you mentioned that. Cause I, I was just kind of talking with our guys in the group chat. i I like a lot of these edge rushers, but none of them are standing out to me as like, okay, I want to pound the table for this guy. And I think that's kind of what you're, what you're getting at there is just, there's a lot of guys. We all, you know, you mentioned Derek Hall and Tui Tua Pelotu, two guys that I have also picked as, as prospect of the week. So I'm, I'm glad to, glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that there. Um, but yeah, and, and you kind of touch on there is we're all swinging in the dark here, right? Real quick. I just want your, your kind of take just cause you do cover the NFL draft uh, from a national perspective. Do you really think there are good and bad 
drafters in terms of like a general manager is better at drafting than this general manager or an organization is better at drafting than other organizations. Is that actually the case, do you think? Or is it really closer to just, you know, it's a crapshoot and, you know, the best the teams with the best coaching and development maybe, you know, have the best luck because, hey, you know, you have a great coach and all that. Kind of what's your take there? Yeah, uh, it's a developmental thing. Right. I think right. that the Eagles are really good at drafting offensive linemen because the Eagles have a really good offensive line coach. And I think that the Steelers were really good at drafting wide receivers for a long time because they had one quarterback and they had a really solid offensive line and they could bring those guys along. Right. When you have stability around that position, it just fosters development. So your first round picks are better. Your fourth round picks are better. And your, your UDFAs are better. And it, it, it's upstream, downstream. It's, it's the whole organization. Uh, so to me, it's, it's a developmental thing. And then some some teams, it's not just like position. They're just good at developing guys. Like the Seattle Seahawks are just good at bringing guys along. Like they, they're really good, Pete Carroll is, at getting rookies at a point where they can start. He's got a great culture of competitiveness and of guys that earn jobs. And so when they get rookies in there and they can see that, that the light bulb's on, they put them in a position to succeed. So to me, it's a development thing. It's a culture thing. I'm certain that some... GMs, some scouts are better at identifying talent than others. I uh, no doubt about that, but that's a lot harder to figure out from the outside looking in. It's right. a lot harder to like you know get your thumb on that pulse as opposed to the development aspect of things. So that to me is where like the most tenable information is. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty much with you. I think a lot of it is the developing, the, the coaching, who's 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 in there getting the guys to become the players they are. So I'm with you on that. Well, let's turn the page a little bit because I, honestly, the main thing I wanted to talk to you about was. Because, you know, I, I loved your guys' episodes of the Fifty Shades of Grey um, on, on the NFL Draft uh, draft podcast mm. on The Ringer. Um, and, and, you know, you guys talk about, obviously, skill positions for the most part. I think I don't think you guys have touched on tight ends, but I think it's receiver and running back nope. you guys have hit on so far. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just it, – it's I wanted to get your take on the skill position class from a Chiefs perspective because I think – you know, and we'll start with receiver because I think that's the one position here in Kansas City we've all kind of been waiting for them to make a move. Obviously, the Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, news, uh, the rumors there, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins rumors. We we are all in on that as Chiefs fans. We are we are listening mm-hmm. to all of those, but we're getting pretty close to the draft now, and, and nothing's happening. And so, you know, first of all, I guess I'll just ask you. You know, you know, since you follow the NFL, you know the Chiefs receiver room. Do you? I mean, are we crazy when and we think? We, we know we need another guy, right? There needs to be someone else in that room to top it off, right? They can't go into the season with just this group and then, you know, just some random top 100 pick, right? I don't know. How do you feel about how the Chiefs have built the receiver room? So I think when you have Mahomes, you can do whatever you want forever. And I can't, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't, Fair. I can't argue it, right? I would have told you last year, they can't trade Tyreek Hill. He's Tyreek Hill. And then they went and they traded Tyreek Hill and then won the Super Bowl afterwards. So I am hesitant around the word can't. However, yeah, they got to ask somebody. Um, and, and and I think they're going to do it in the same way that they did it kind of with the Kadarius Tony trade. I remember when they traded for Tony and they traded like a third round pick for him. And I was like, I do not get this. Like he's the same skill set, like the same, same role, I should say, that like they envision Sky Moore filling. He's uh, super injured. Right. Like I do not get this. And people like made the case for me and I, and I ended up coming around on it at the time of the trade where they were just like, it's the chiefs. Like they're just going to get an athlete in there and then like poke around and see how it works. If it doesn't work, they're just going to move on to the next guy. They're like, they, they, they're talking about di- runways for development. It's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Like if a guy has a skill set, they can make them work. So they're just going to cycle dudes in. And I think that's what you're going to see from the chiefs. Like I'd be surprised if they take wide receiver early. It's not outside the realm. though. I love a guy, but I'd be surprised. I think they're much more likely to take a guy around the area where they took sky Moore. And then, you know, take a guy in the sixth round who's got good high weight speed 
and then bring him into camp. And if Sky looks better, or the rookie looks better, or Kadarius looks healthy, or whatever, what have you, Justin Watson looks awesome, then all right, we go forward. And if nobody, none of those dart throws hit, then we start going to a uh, 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 trade market and we start talking to Odell with yeah. a little bit more money. We start doing this. You can you can you can plug and chug a wide receiver into Kansas City like you can't anywhere else, right? And so. To me, like it, it, they they have like that that long runway that allows them to do, to do what they want at the position. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Matt, uh, that's a good point about, you know, hey, they, they could see what's going on this offseason, see how they like it. And then all of a sudden, again, like you mentioned with the Tony trade, I mean, just do it again, right? Just find another trade partner and you don't want to bank on that happening. But I, I think that's a good point. But I'm glad you say the the receiver, you know, how you feel about that. Maybe they don't go early because I'm, I'm with you. I agree. I think a lot of people here are, are starting to, you know, accept that maybe they're going to go receiver with their first pick because they're not picking up anybody. But I, I, I'd rather see maybe uh, something like the trenches offensive tackle edge rusher. So if they were to pick maybe a little later, is there anybody in that? You know, we kind of just talked about that, that day two range um, that, you know, you see in particular, uh and let me ask it like this, I guess, because I think one thing we, we talk about here is like, you know, hey, they need size because they have Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, you know, MBS, you know, is tall, but he's not like a, you know, a physical, you know, a stronger receiver at the uh, the catch point. Um, I don't think they necessarily need like some like an X receiver. Right. I, and, I, and I, you know, I just don't think they need a traditional X or anything. But do you think mm-hmm. they could use just a little more size, uh, you know, someone that, you know, should like, would it be crazy for them to just grab Joshua Downs or, you know, uh, you know, Parker Washington off the top of my head? You know, one of these, you know, Tank Dell. I mean, would it be crazy for them to just get another small guy um, in that range and then have, you know, Tony Sky, all these guys that are kind of smaller? Is that is that crazy or is, is it just the Chiefs offense where, you know, you, you don't think of, you know, I, I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I'm of the opinion they should get some size. It's just okay. nice to have different body types. It's just helpful. Like, I, I, I again, like with the Chiefs, if they went and they got Tank Dell, I wouldn't go like the Chiefs wide receiver core is too small. They're going to lose. Like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like a, a lot of the, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the, when we talk about, okay, what if they don't go that direction? It doesn't actually feel damaging. They do feel like they have some, some bulletproof nature to what they can do on offense. But I do think that overall it's beneficial to get different body types in your receiver room. Uh, uh, Daniel Jeremiah likes to use the the metaphor of the basketball team, which is one I really like. Right. You want to build a room like a basketball team. Like get a power forward, get a get a point guard. You know what I'm saying? Get a three and D guy. He's got some length. Like you, you have to have some guys who can fill different roles, and then you can kind of mix and match alignments and get creative with them, so on and so forth. Uh, so even if like they don't get a huge guy, I like a guy who's much better with the ball in the air. 
I, I like a guy who can go downfield, he can make contested catches, he can make adjustments to catches. Because even your dude who can hypothetically do that, Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, it's touch and go sometimes with MVS in terms of yeah. finding the football, elevating it, and being tough up in the air. So I get Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. He's like 5'10, a buck 90. He's not a big dude, but he's so good in the air down the field that like it's more so the role that, that I think you're trying to fill, and that role tends to lean to larger guys. One of our riders would would love to hear you mention Jaden Reed in Kansas City because he has good been on that. Uh Jonathan Mingo, someone with a little size, I know has gotten a little uh, hype lately. Um, Nate Christensen, our guy at the site, has been on it since February, so I got to give him a shout out there. Cedric Tillman's one of my favorite, though, in that you kind of mentioned Good having player. size, maybe can go up and get it. Um, I think he'd be one of my favorite picks at that later pick, 63, 62, whatever it is. But now let's talk about tight ends, though, because I, I, I do think it's kind of this interesting thing. It's such a good tight end class. Um, you know, the Chiefs, obviously, you know, last year, one of the main reasons their offense was so deadly was because they were so good out of 12, 13 personnel, you know, using multiple tight ends, you know, making defenses, you know, keep their linebackers on the field. But is it is it that important to actually go and get another like difference maker at tight end when you already have Travis Kelsey and and you kind of just, you know, have guys that can catch the ball and, and, and you know, they don't need to be special playmakers, maybe a Noah Gray, Jody Fortson, um, just from an outside perspective, like, would you. Would you be like, ah, oh, shoot, the Chiefs just got Dalton Kincaid. Like, we're, we're screwed. Like, you know, what, what is the kind of thought process on, like, you know, uh, do mm -hmm. you think the Chiefs should get, like, an upgrade at tight end? Or is it really that important to even have, like, that big a difference makers outside of Kelsey? Yeah, it's a similar answer. If they go and they get Dalton Kincaid, I'm not going to go, oh, no, <laughs> the Chiefs offense is ruined. You know, it's right, right. I won't get it because Kincaid and and, uh, and Kelsey, in my opinion, are going to roughly align in the same places yeah. to the same degrees and run the same routes and they have similar skill sets. And so you've got some redundancy there and that's what you're trying to avoid just from a general team building philosophy perspective. Um, right. But like so I'm, I, I wouldn't poo poo it. With that said, like, I, like tight end is a good spot uh, in, in the 30s there when we start to get to the end of the first round. I don't know if Michael Mayer makes it all the way down out of Notre Dame. He'd be a delightful pick. Um, but if you get like a Darnell Washington out of Georgia, that's an that's a sick addition to me. Like, that's really cool in terms of what he brings in the running game. You can use him as a lead blocker. He adds a lot to your wide receiver screen game, which the Chiefs love to run those screens because he's so dynamic in space. And then he's a great run after catch athlete, right? And and they uh they they're using Kelsey closer to the line of scrimmage the older that he gets. But still, I think that you can find opportunities for Washington to to be a, a run after the catch guy and get checkdowns and little leak plays and play, play action. And then all of a sudden you got a 270 pound Tyrannosaurus Rex running down the field. He's a, he's a handful of tackle. Uh, and so I like the tight end, tight end idea. And as you say, they run a lot of 12, 13 personnel, multiple tight end stuff. Uh, and I think that's to their benefit. Right. It, yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's just, it's such a good class too, that, it, that it, it gets tempting, right? You see all these names and you're like, Oh, he'd, he'd be really good in Kansas city with Kelsey, but you're right. You mentioned Kincaid being a little too much like Kelsey you know, your guy, Danny Kelly at the, at the ringer loves to, to, you know, Hey, I don't want to say it, but you know, and, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not all the way there. Uh, you know, with Kincaid, I, I do think he's got a little, got a little bit to go to, to be compared directly to Kelsey, but I think you're Agreed. right. I think you, they do, they do need to do, you know, more of a traditional why if they're going to draft another tight end, Michael Mayer would be a, a really good pick there. But what about running back? Because that's the, that's kind of the funny thing with the chiefs and first round running back is, is, you know, we've all, you know, it, it only happened a few years ago where, where they picked Clyde Edwards in the first round and it feels like, Oh, are they really, are they crazy enough to do that again? Um, I guess let me just ask it like this. Like, is it really that crazy for, for a team picking at 31 again, the very end of the round? to pick a running back if, if it's really going to elevate their offense or 
or was did the Chiefs just get it wrong last time? Because it, it kind of just feeling like the Chiefs just got it wrong. Because you know, with with Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift on the board, you know, maybe we think differently about them picking a first running running back again. But would it be crazy for them to do it again to pick another running back in the first round? How crazy would you think that is? Yeah, I think like I liked Edward Zuller a lot. I thought that they were going to pick him at that pick. Uh, it didn't work. Missed bust injuries tough. I don't think they need to go back to the well. I think they have enough with Pacheco and, and Jarek McKinnon and, and you know, a glut of veteran running backs who are always available such that they should be okay. Uh, if, like, you know, by the grace of God, Bijan Robinson is a chief, <laughs> like, good night. Absolutely make the pick. Jameer Gibbs, I like Gibbs enough to say he's a, he's, he's a late first-round player. He's very talented. I don't think they need him enough to, to where it's it's – a huge needle mover, right? Like Pacheco's quite good. And, and and you bring Gibbs in and you're getting rookie contract production, but he's more expensive than Pacheco. And you now got two guys to feed in the running game. It's not a problem, but I don't think it benefits you as much as like a Frank Clark replacement. You know, help along the defensive tackle position, right? right. Juan Thornhill, some safety help. Like there's just a lot more that you can be doing, I think, with, with that pick. And running backs are always a dime a dozen. There's always so many of them, such that, again, they take Jameer Gibbs, the Mahomes era will keep on chugging along. They're gonna be all right, but it would surprise me. I think in terms of of, of additions, they need to make running backs pretty low. Yeah, and I would I would tend to agree. Um, you know, Jameer Gibbs would be a fun option, but if they were to take running back just maybe a little later, are there any that pop into your head? Um, you know, kind of kind of getting slept on a little too much. Maybe someone that you know y- you think about. You know, getting into the Chiefs' offense, you see them. You know, being able to contribute right away. Um, you know kind of being like oh shoot like the Chiefs grabbed him like of course they were the ones who grabbed him is there anybody you know just mid to late rounds that you kind of feel like that at running back I'm trying to think if anybody's really good at screens uh, right like, in terms like Kenny of like, McIntosh yeah. like Kenny McIntosh mm-hmm. is a good pass protector right so I think he makes a lot of sense we've talked about him a lot here but yeah you know maybe someone that yeah can can be really good in the pass game because I think that is what they're, they're they want to be able to compliment Pacheco go ahead yeah the the pass protection angle of it all is interesting because when you have Jarek McKinnon, you can't get better at pass protection. You know what I'm saying? You're you're yeah, you're living exactly. you're living the dream. Thirty one other teams wish they were you. Uh, so I like Zach Evans out of Ole Miss came to mind because he's yeah. Pacheco ish. That denser he's, he's got enough density to him. He's a one guy, kind of see a violent runner. Uh, Israel Israel Abanaconda out of Pitt is another guy yes. who's 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 got thickness and he's got juice. Uh, so to me that that makes sense to them as well. Those are both like later round guys. Not Kendrick Miller, Zach Charbonnet, I don't think. Um, no. Eric Gray. Eric Gray at Oklahoma is another one who fits yes. that mold. He'd be good as well. So some of those, I think those three names are, are Chiefs-ish, Chiefs-ian. Yeah, Eric Gray is someone that I've highlighted as, as I, I do like kind of how he could how he could fit. He does kind of remind me of McKinnon, um, older McKinnon to an extent, maybe not the pass protection part of it, but just kind of how he moves, um, how he's able to move in space, you know, um, play as a receiver. Um, so, yeah, I like those names. Well, then... Before we get you out of here, I do need you to contribute to my favorite segment of the week. Hey, Prospect. We have other prospects. Prospect of the week. That's right. Prospect of the week. We pick a a draft prospect that we we think uh, the Chiefs could maybe be in on. We're trying to guess as many Chiefs picks as possible come late April. We're less than a month away now. Ben, I'm going to have you add to the list. Um, I, I know you can see the list. I'm going to say it for the people real quick. Will McDonald, the fourth, Keanu Benton, Derek Hall, Anton Harrison, Tuli Tua Pelotu, Keaton Mitchell, Nolan Smith, Zay Flowers, Felix Enrique Uzama, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, Isaiah McGuire, and Yaya Diaby. 
Ben, who do you have to add to this list? Yeah, if we're doing if we're doing the big receiver thing, let's do A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. Uh, he's oh, a shrine yes. bowler. Yeah, smooth as silk, man, for a big guy. Real nice mover. Uh, yeah, has the size to win over the middle of the field, right? Uh, uh, and win contestant catch in that low area, and then really good down the field when the contestant catch in the high area. Better after the catch than you'd think, too, for a bigger guy who doesn't move very fast in terms of like testing, right? He's not like a straight line guy. But like I said, he's real smooth. He understands how to break tackles. He's not like overhanging. He's not a, a, a top heavy guy who's going to get chopped down at the feet too often. Got nice hands, too. Consistent, reliable target. Uh, so if we're going to go big receivers for the Chiefs, A.T. Perry comes to mind. And I, I said yes as a reaction, not because he, he's one of my my guys or anything. My guy Rocky um, hosts our other podcast. He would love to hear you talk about A.T. Perry. So that's good to hear. Um, yeah, I know the bigger receiver. I totally get that. Um, I, I honestly said I, he was he was maybe a bad fit for the Chiefs. I don't know. Real quick. Do you would you would you disagree with that? Am I maybe generalizing him too much as kind of that prototypical X? Is he a little more than that? Who eight for A.T.? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, is he? A prototypical X, yes, in the, the height, weight, speed, and the downfield sense. You know, get him off of press and whatever. But, like, the Chiefs are never going to have a player run the routes that you would think of for a prototypical X. Like, there's not going to – that's right. not going to happen in this offense. It hasn't happened in any read offense in, like, eight years, you know. And, exactly. and so yeah. the, the question for me is, like, uh, can you separate enough to work with Mahomes, right? Can you find open windows? And Perry's got that. He, he has that ability to, like, sit down in zone and, like, create a throwing window against man such that, like, Mahomes is going to trust him. Uh, and then Mahomes can also, re- or he can also reward Mahomes with trust because he's got a big catch radius, right? And that's right. where, like, I'm trying to work off of the Marcus Valdez scantling of things. So you're just kind of chucking it up there and then crossing your fingers and hoping he actually comes down with it. <laughs> Perry comes down with a lot. And that's something that I think is, is, is handy to have that the Chiefs don't have. Love to hear it. Uh, I'll go with Zach Pickens, South Carolina interior defensive lineman. Um, you know, Keanu Benton mm-hmm. is one of my favorite prospects in this class. He's my, he's one of my guys, was one of my guys from the very beginning. But honestly, it is kind of odd that Pickens, to me, is not that far off from from the prospect Benton is. And he seems to be going – it depends on where you look, I guess. But he seems to be going, uh, you know, a lot later projected to be a later pick. Um, I, I think if the Chiefs do want to attack that A-gap, that, that nose tackle type of player later in the, in the draft rather than, you know, up front where maybe a Benton or, or Benton or Iaka, Ika can go. Geez, I'm not saying the names right, but he, Zach Pickens. He's got a tongue twister name, yeah. <laughs> yeah no there's a, there's a few of them there's a few of them I, I was doing pretty good um but yeah so zach pickens i think would be uh, would be a good pick if the chiefs want to you know get better at that nose tackle position uh maybe a little later in the draft than than that uh first or second pick we'll see you know he could go in the second round but ben it was really fun i really appreciate you taking the time to join us um do you want to just plug anything you got going on i mean i've I plugged you enough i've been saying all your 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 seg your podcast segments your your yeah. podcast the website but uh just tell the people where they can find you and if you got anything you want them to look out for. Yeah, uh, Ringer NFL Draft Show is where all the draft coverage lives. Ringer NFL Show is where all the NFL coverage lives. Ringer.com slash NFL is where all the written stuff lives. And then at Benjamin Solak. Or, yeah, at Benjamin Solak on Twitter. Uh, that's the move. NFLDraft.TheRinger.com is where the draft guide is. That's everything that I got. No, Ben is a great Twitter follow. One of the best football follows you, you can have on Twitter. So make sure you do follow him. Appreciate you joining us again, Ben. Uh, Hopefully it won't be the last time we conversate about uh, football. So appreciate you coming on. Um, And, yeah, we'll just catch you next time, man. Yeah, appreciate it, Ron. Thanks, man.